welcome to Roots of the Fruits podcast. I've got an incredible guest today. Uh, his name is Elston Haywood, known him for the better part of a decade. He's been a personal trainer of mine, cold sold me at 24 Hour Fitness, just said, hey, man, you want to work out? And I was like, no, what are you bothering me for? <laughs> Quickly became great friends, um, parlayed that into a whole side business of personal training and helping people to create a more healthy, more evolved lifestyle. And Elston, if you want to speak to your brand, this whole lifestyle evolved element and tell us a little bit about your superhero origin story i'd love to hear it ah uh, yeah well lifestyle evolved started um as a goal and a mantra basically because i wanted to evolve my lifestyle to the uh, the idea and the vision i had for myself and it was uh it was all focused a lot around um discipline and physical activity, because those are the things that I like to do. And I wanted to model my life around that. And so- oh, Hold on, hold on. Discipline and physical activity are the things that you like to do. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. simple. Is this, since you were a little kid, like when you were five, six years old, is that kind of the stuff that you thought about and were focused on? Well, no. Um, you know, when I was a little kid, I would just like to uh, take things apart and put them back together you know um and uh you know you know if you if i'm really thinking about it i don't really know what i was focused on when i was a little kid i liked art uh as does my daughter you know um and uh i liked making money because i didn't have any and so a lot of what uh what i focused on at a young age was just trying to hustle just trying to work on my hustle muscle and that really started to take off in um in my freshman year of high school so and that uh that kind of spurs off to where that discipline came from because you know nothing nothing comes to you in a day you know it takes a lot of work so desire and then matched with discipline equals manifestation absolutely yeah absolutely. so what was this burning desire like for you? I mean, you said you were under-resourced um, or however you want to define it, but, um, you know, financially challenged growing up. What was your household dynamic like? You know, what what is it that you guys as a family focused on? And, you know, what about siblings? Oh, yeah. You know, so I had um, older brother, younger brother, younger sister is how we grew up. And we basically raised ourselves. Uh, I, I won't say we raised ourselves because we had plenty of adults around, but mom was working, you know, sometimes two jobs to put food on the table. And that's there still wasn't food on the table, even um, with two jobs. And then wow. dad wasn't around. You know, we I always like to make that joke. And I say this to my dad all the time. You know, that song by the Temptations, Papa was a rolling stone. <laughs> that's my dad. <laughs> you know, yes. I, I remember he, uh, I hadn't seen him in years and he showed up to my house when I was like five or six years old, knocks on the door. He's got a 420, uh, 420 hat on, which I didn't even know what that meant at the time. <laughs> and he hands me a Cypress Hill CD. And uh, he's like, all right, man, I'll see you later. And, <laughs> and that was it. And I, and I was, uh, I remember I listened to that CD every day and Cypress Hill became my favorite group, um, you know, after that. Uh, but 
at a young age, you know, um, me and my older brother, we were kind of the responsible ones in, of the of the family. And so mom would take off to go to work. So we would wake up early, you know, make the food and get our younger brother and sister ready to go, take them to school and we'd go to school. That was kind of, you know, what we did on a daily basis for a long time until I got into music, um, playing instruments, kind of just picking up my own hobbies and stuff. We all got a little bit older. Um, and I was in marching band in my freshman year of high school. I was in marching band to kind of tell you where the hustle started. And uh, we, we had just gotten done with a competition. And I was, I was sitting there watching them because they would feed us with some uh, you know, chips and sandwiches and stuff. And they were about to throw away two huge boxes of chips. And I looked at those chips. I was like, what are you guys going to do with those chips? And they're like, oh, we're just going to get rid of them. You know? uh, and I was like, oh, can I have them? And so this was still at the, at the competition. And so they're like, yeah, but you have to deal with them. So I took these two huge boxes. They were both probably bigger than me. And I, I guarded them in the back of the bus until we got back to school. Stay off my chips. Yeah, people <laughs> found out they would have ransacked me. And so I got these chips and I, I was like, all right, what am I going to do with these chips? And so I'll put them in my locker. Were they individually and, bagged? Yeah. And they were just like the little tiny bags. And I had like other snacks. I don't remember all the snacks, but I just remember I had potato chips, you know, uh, cool ranch Doritos, you know, just the standards, the staples. Of Those aren't palate. standards. Those are the top notch. Those are the choice. The Cheetos, little mini bags, you know? chips. Oh, yeah. So I um, I was like, what am I going to do with all this? You know, and I was like, well, I'm going to sell it. And so I went to the went to the vending machine, looked at the price in the vending machine. And then uh, I um, I just made my my product slightly cheaper and opened up shop the next day, you know, opened up the door had my sign um this was in mckay high school and i started selling chips out of my locker and i was really successful right off the bat and i was like oh man i need more product <laughs> <laughs> now why were you successful and and then also just an aside isn't that really sad to see how many people waste food like oh, yeah, restaurants absolutely. as a culture things get thrown away and i think it's more due to liability than yeah. it is to anything else right and so shout out to the moda center aka the rose garden in portland they actually partnered up with urban gleaners and what they do is they go around and they pick up all the food that can be you know still used like good quality food that they would have otherwise been throwing away and they bring it to shelters awesome that is yeah that's, so, that's awesome to hear because talking about how the liability of food it seems like it's getting worse. And um, I mean, I've, I've even read articles where it's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's unlawful to, to give food to people who are in need in some instances. You know, How backwards nonsense. is that? It's nonsense. I don't have time That's that. insanity. No. Like quite yeah. literally, hold on. I have healthy food that I could give to somebody who doesn't have healthy food. And you're telling me I can't do that? What? Yeah. Instead, I'm going to throw it in the garbage. <laughs> Way, way better use it's very respectful to everybody involved along the entire supply chain right from actually farmers which you could touch yeah. on as well being an urban farmer uh okay so back into the story you were is this you said freshman year yeah freshman year yep okay so you made it all the way through your middle school years without actually like diving in the hustle muscles yeah i mean i was doing um i was doing other you know little i'd make a few few dollars here and there like I remember one of the hardest jobs I ever had was my grandpa took me to a nursery and he had me unload um, truck, uh, huge trucks of plants. 
and you had to carry these with your fingers and you have, mm. you know, your standard kind of like raspberry bush pot. Um, I'd have, you'd have to carry four and you'd have two hands and you carry them and you'd have to work nonstop bop, 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 all day long. And I'm counting in my head how much money I'm going to make. I'm like, man, I'm probably going to get $500, $600 for this. I'm going to be killing it. At the end of the day, I had $45 in my hand and I was pissed because <laughs> I thought I worked, worked $600 hard, you know? <laughs> and I've always been a hard worker, but, uh, you know, my, my idea of what I should be earning based off of my work ethic has never mm-hmm. equated to the actual dollars that came into my, you know, came, came into my hands when I was younger. Um, because, you know, and it was a good lesson. You know, I think my grandpa was showing me, he was like, Hey man, you know, and I still got paid. Well, I got paid $9 an hour, but to me, I was so, that's really good money. Um, that's really good money, you know, back in probably 1998, you know, $9 an hour. Uh, but to me, it was, you know, I was devastated because I worked so hard. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I was exhausted, you know? <laughs> but, so did you talk about the finances up front with, uh, you said that was your uncle? No, it was my grandpa, but no, I did not talk about the finances. I was working all day, motivated, just guessing how much I was going to get paid, you know, just happy to, to do it. Thinking I'm just like, oh man, this has got to be, you know, five, $600. Guy, <laughs> Daisy did a great job. Here's $45 cash, but it was untaxed. So, you know, those Dude, are the things I didn't know. And the first double digits that you earned like that, because selling the chips, you know, what were they at 50 cents, right? It was, you probably did like 60 cents for one or two for a buck, right? Totally. Oh yeah. Yep. And then I had to, I had to start working towards, you know, I had to up my game and get Danishes and, and uh, Snickers bars. Ooh. Cause you know, I started, I started getting people requesting items. <laughs> so, how did you, how'd you market at that point? Was it, was it like uh, the same oh, way that you sold me yeah. at 24 hour fitness? You're just like, Hey, I got exactly. some chips. Exactly. <laughs> totally. And that, that's always, you know, for most of my life, I've been easy, easy door to door salesman. I mean, I woke up, I, uh, my grandpa was a, um, he was a, uh, a reverend. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he would take us door to door and have us talk to people about the Bible. And so at a young age, I was, you, I was very, it was easy for me to talk to people, you know, especially about subjects that people probably don't want to talk to you about when you're knocking on their door on Saturday morning, you know, or Sunday and they're watching football and they don't want to talk to you about God. Most people don't, you know, they want to watch football. And so uh, I think that was, that was kind of like one of the catalysts that, uh, that um, helped what made it easier to, you know, go, go approach people. So when I opened up my locker business, I was in the hallways to, Hey man, I got chips over here and I'm, I'm just vocalizing what I have to offer and people would come over and then people finally knew, you know, then I build my clientele base and people would know that you don't have to wait in line over there. You can just come over here and I'm, I have faster service and I'm cheaper, you know, and I take, and you requests. smile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Exactly. You know, and so that just translated into more business and it's been the same way ever since, you know, very simple. Interesting. Speak to that. It's been the same way ever since. Yeah, I mean, I have been a salesperson. I'm gonna turn off my phones here. They're gonna start beeping. I've been a salesperson or a, uh, you know, either a manager or in sales, but both of them, my success came from going out and and getting the business. It never came from sitting and waiting, you know? Mm. And if if there were lulls, then I would just try to, you know, become, find a, a more creative way of pulling in more business, just the same way that I approached you 
know, we would have never met if I hadn't, uh, you know, said hello, you know, not only that, but I wasn't even looking at you. I I was, there's a, so as you walk into 24 hour fitness, if you're unfamiliar, it's a giant gym, usually two floors. And so on this one, when you walked in, there was the check-ins, like all of them, right? You have to go past your gate, you touch ID before it was called touch ID, the fingerprint scanner to get access. And then there's the personal trainers on the right side. Then there's all the cardio equipment and all that crap. And then upstairs, there's different kind of weights and stuff as I remember it. And so I don't really do cardio much, but, um, I, I did at the time I was just like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the treadmill and then I'm going to go, you know, heavy lift upstairs. And so I was going to the staircase and they had hand sanitizer before it was cool. Right. They had hand sanitizer (laughs) (laughs) right there on the post where you turned around and went up the stairs. And like, this is a wide, like, you know, eight or nine foot wide, flight of stairs so like it's the kind of thing where you could just do exercises going up and down the stairs and so i'm sitting here headphones on and i'm like cleaning my hands off with sanny and then out of the left field (laughs) comes like what i had to be like i I can't even hear you right now what are you talking Uh about (laughs) oh yeah that is such a unique attribute of yours that i just love man it's fantastic like you have uh it's a magnetic energy that you can actually go out with it's not just an attractive energy because you're like you know you're humble you're happy you're like you know enjoying life but it's something that you're able to put out there and plant seeds into people's minds, like you're saying with the door-to-door training that your grandpa, you know, brought you into. I mean, my goodness, like that seems like one of the, you know, quote, hardest roles. But when you do that early, when you do door-to-door sales or something along those lines where you face a lot of adversity, a lot of rejection early, at least from myself, I noticed that it just tempered my spirit to know, oh, it's not about whether it's right or wrong, whether I'm good or bad or what I'm offering is good or bad. It's just, is it the right fit for the person? Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and if it is a right fit, it's going to flow. And I mean, I love flow. I love flow. I'm a, I'm a flower. My, in my family, I love flow. You know, in work, I love flow. And if things aren't flowing, then I feel like I'm going against the grain and I don't like it, you know, and, that, and sometimes you're going to have to go against the grain. You know, the flow doesn't always happen, but when flow is in session, it's the best. It's, okay. How do you describe and define your flow states? Well, let's see. Um, I, I, I define it as, um, well, for me, the, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a feeling, there's energy, um, there is less um I guess, um, focus on the um, cognitive and more in the present in action, you know, but, you know, I think you have to have those, uh, you have, in order to get into your flows, you have to step back and reflect as well. And so, you know, you want to, you want to jump in and out of it and, you know, and and then get, and I'm trying to get in those flows with my kids right now. which is, I, I'm noticing as they get a lot older, they're flowing, you know, um, not so much when they're babies, babies, it's tough to, tough to get in the flow. It's probably because <laughs> they're, they're better at it than I am, you know? So. so are you saying it was hard for you to be in flow, uh, like with and around your kids? 
being a parent or are you saying that they were having a hard time being in flow? Well, um, I would say as a parent, yeah, it was, it was hard to get into a flow with the, the kids when they were younger. But I, you know, I think that the kids come out at a different frequency than we develop, you know, and as we get older and our, you know, obviously their frequency starts to match ours over time, but, um, you know, it's, it's, a uh, it's, um, how do I put this? It's being a new parent, it's challenging because you have ideas and ideas aren't flow. Flow is present, hmm. you know? So. Whoa, ideas are not flow. Flow is present. Yeah, definitely. Expand on that. What is that? There's such simplicity, but yet, what do well, you mean? I'm in my mind. This thing is a computer for a reason. Like, let me process stuff. Like, how is that the antithesis of flow? Well, so, um, you know, when you're flowing, you're present, you know, you're, you're not in your mind, you're in, you're in the moment. Uh, I think that's the simplest way I can put that when you have ideas. Okay. So let's use an example of like, let's say you have an idea of something and then you're planning on reacting or you're gay, you have an expectation because of the idea that you have. Um, and then those, those expectations aren't met. Um, it could knock you off of your trajectory, you know? And then you're not flowing. Whereas when you're flowing, if you're not stuck in the, the idea or the cognitive or the reflection phase, um, you're you're going to be more proactive because you're not you're not concentrating on if that idea wasn't met or if you you know if you got satisfied in some way uh, based off of your expectations. You know, so that, that's so a, expectations can derail a flow state. Absolutely, totally. Like when I do jujitsu. If I'm trying to like, so sometimes I'll walk on the mat and I'm like, I'm just going to try to take people's back. And if I'm just trying to take your back, I'm leaving out all kinds of an infinite amount of other options that I could do to close off of this match quickly. If I'm just focusing on trying to take the back and if somebody's good, they're going to see that that's all I'm trying to do. And they're just going to keep blocking me in those ways. Whereas I'm flowing through the battle and I'm open to what is coming my way and I'm being proactive about what's coming my way. I'm, I'm, I'm now flowing, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and I can, I can then operate with a more clear mind um, because of that, you know, and the, you know, it's like flow is not easy. Flow is, you know, like I, I we were kind of talking earlier off camera and uh, I was telling you how, when I uh, get to a point where I'm going to retire from my past career, I plan to shut down for a while and um just kind of recalibrate my instruments you know and yes. that's because i want that flow i want to recalibrate recalibrate my flow and i think that i can do it in a way that will be where i'm gonna um i'm gonna take this energy that i've been deploying in other places and i'm gonna be able to just create this like fine-tuned ray and see this sounds like an expectation but to me it's it's see just talking about it gets me excited because I know I know from the uh, the bricks that have been laid that it's all good it's it's it's, it's gonna flow <laughs> exactly and I would say yeah. there's a distinction there that's really important I don't see you saying it has to be this way or else that's an expectation yep. right what I hear you saying is you have a knowingness which is above belief. Right. Mm -hmm. If a belief is a thought that we keep thinking just over and over, yes, the sky is blue. Yes, the sky is blue. Talk to a colorblind person. The sky is green. Right. Mm -hmm. They're still right. 
Yeah. But we keep believing that we're right because we have that thought. We keep thinking unknowingness, I believe, is an intuitive thing. So it's actually, I, I feel like it's spiritual. It goes all the way to the higher mind, God force, however it is that the person defines that, the difference between the on and the off, the life and the unlife. And so as you were describing all that, man, shout out to Sun Tzu. The art of war, oh, I mean, dude. be Absolutely. like water. Like I think about that constantly. My very favorite shirt is actually a water shirt. And it's for this exact reason, because water not only finds a way regardless of what obstacles there, but there's another element that you just helped me to crystallize when you were just describing it. Water only takes one path. It'll split, but it only takes one path. And so this is all about living in plan A right? I, I have this whole philosophy that I'm fleshing out right now around plan A, right? Which is flow. Plan A is the only thing that is happening. It doesn't matter what comes your way. You adjust, you adapt. It's dynamic. It's real time versus, right? Being in a uh, plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E, that kind of a mindset. Hey, baby, interviewing Elston right now in Roots of the Fruits. You want to come say hi? <laughs> and so that optionality those split energies like you're saying is mm -hmm. uh go ahead and hop on in hey, hey. what's up what's going how on you doing? <laughs> how you doing i'm doing well what are you being interviewed about flow flow yeah so and all, all the excellent i brought you a that. gift can you can i I'm, I'm, right I'm <laughs> we, we don't have a particle accelerator that can move a banana yet not sure. yet it's, it's, it's coming, coming though yep it's coming i was just i was just okay. trying to explain i was just coming to say what's up right, give my love to the fam all right okay i'll let you get back to it you were in flow thank you <laughs> that is a primary example of flow because instead of saying oh my god my expectation is that i need ultimate silence in here no my baby comes in right? This is the oh, yeah. path that the water has chosen to go. And so by acknowledging that and, and getting out of the mind, let's incorporate, let's bring things in, let's adapt. Like, this is what I love about your concept. Or, uh, <laughs> of fruit. Sorry, I'm kind of addicted to that. <laughs> As above, so below, right? Uh -huh. yep. <laughs> the roots. Yes. And so lifestyle evolved. I mean, that whole kind of genesis, uh, you've been saying this and describing this, the whole time that I've known you, and it seems like this is intimately linked, right? Because an evolved lifestyle is one of flow. And that's actually removing these layers of resistance, these shoulds that other people push upon us. Oh, and yeah, then, absolutely. right, it's like, wait, but I should be happy because I have a bigger house than I had yesterday. So how come I'm not like more fulfilled? I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of shoulds, you know? It's terrible. I think it is a four letter word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we it is the it like same that. thing as an F-bomb, man. Shoulds yeah. are the ultimate push. It's like, okay, if you reframe it to could, anytime I think, oh, you should do this, Elson, you should do this. I think, oh, oh, well, here's another opportunity for you. Does that fit in your flow? Mm -hmm. right is that an idea that marinates and resonates with you then you could take it and run with it it's great but if i say hey you need to do this you're like hell no right yeah <laughs> exactly so how is jujitsu brazilian jujitsu in particular how has that honed your mind i know since you started rolling you've been 
pretty focused on, I'll call it obsessed, right? Which is just an undying curiosity and interest. I'm uh, probably too obsessed with it. I've never been so beat up in my life. Um, (laughs) I've actually, I'm I'm trying to like, I'm trying to look long-term into it now. And so I'm like, okay, A, I need to get good at this so I can end matches quickly, (laughs) you know? And then B, um, I need to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm being, um, strategic in my, uh, in my moves and what I do. And I'm not doing stupid things because I am getting older and, and things don't heal as quickly as I used to, but Hey, it's, it's just been great for, uh, for, um, problem solving, um, on a physical standpoint, endurance, um, confidence, you know, um, I'm rolling. I have some great people that I are rolling partners of different, um, you know, sizes and different skill sets and different tactics. And so you just, you have to be, talk about flow, you know, not one thing works for everybody. And so you have to be adaptable in uh, these situations. And that just, that translates into life, you know, a hundred percent easily, you know, and, and it's, uh, and another thing is, is that you won't, um, you won't progress unless you come and you do the work consistently. So it's mm. just a, a way to continue to sharpen the discipline knife. You know, you take that sharpener and shh, 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 you know, and you just continue to do it every day or, you know, every other day. It's been awesome. It's amazing. I, you know, I don't even lift weights anymore. Are you serious? <laughs> I haven't lifted a weight. You know, I mean, I, I did a, um, a hollow body ab workout last night. And actually I did it with Theo on my stomach and then I was holding um, Khaleesi in my hands and then I had my legs up. And so I'm, I'm using kind of like a counterbalance weight. Oh the yeah. Whole time I'm thinking about like, if this was somebody in a uh, high mount position on me, like punching me in the face, you know? And so I'm trying to like <laughs> shift my body <laughs> to work my core. So if I was trying to, you know, do a defense. <laughs> Interesting. You know? yeah, Man. So leveraging your kids to, to be a better martial artist or you know is is jiu-jitsu considered a martial art oh absolutely yeah mm-hmm. one of the that's best amazing. in my opinion so uh, what do you have to say to somebody that um has heard of jiu-jitsu brazilian jiu-jitsu specifically um what do you have to say to somebody that's like oh that kind of sounds interesting but i don't know i don't know if it's for me oh i would just say um uh, try it you know, the, uh, the, you know, a lot of people say the best belt's a white belt because, you know, <laughs> you, you walked in the door and you tried it, you know, right. and that's, and, uh, that's the, uh, that's the first step. And, um, I think, I think it's like only 3% of people who tried jujitsu actually get a blue belt. And, um, from my understanding, a blue belt gives you a pretty well-rounded curriculum on how to, uh, you know, defend yourself and understand the mechanics and the movements of the body, uh, you know, joints and different ways to stop somebody else's movements. Um, so I think just getting in and just trying it and be, you know, being playful with it, having no expectations, you know, just learning, learn the, the okay. saying is you don't lose, you learn, you know? Yes. And, and that's a good yes. saying for life too. And so you that's know, what this is. The learning team. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> it's not losing it's learning it's learning yeah totally now i'm trying to i'm trying to um translate that because you know talking about recalibrating 
So I've spent a lot of my time mastering, trying to become like a master of, you know, business principles for a long time to reach certain goals. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, I'm more like, I need to, uh, I need to recalibrate and fine tune relationship master become more of a master of relationship and those connections in my next life, you know? Um, hmm. And it, cause you know, the foundation's been built for my desires that I had. And now it's time to add that next layer, you know? How, how does that interplay? Uh, how does, how does that fit for you then? Because right. Desires that we have personally for our own gain take us so far. And then, you know, like that's where those studies of, 70k a year you know come from whatever it was a decade ago and that stuff was done where people are like you don't actually experience more happiness because materially at that point that kind of they just call that the fine line where it's like okay now after that you've got all your needs met so emotionally like if you don't have food and then you have food that like that's material and that can make a big difference in your feelings but yeah. if you've always got food, you got your necessities taken care of, kind of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, then how does that play in? Like, how do, how do relationships fit in as this next layer that you're looking at building, which you're already fantastic at, by the way. So I yeah, love I that you keep a, a, a student's a mind. Yeah, I want to master it. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, there's a 12-year-old girl that I'm talking to right now, and she has had a very hard upbringing um and you know everybody everybody has struggles in life but you know what she's had to go through without going too much into detail is clearly affecting her current thought process process and mindset and there and there's things that she she talks to me about that i can connect with that i kind of have, have experienced at a young age but i'm more of a stoic type person when it comes to the past like, I'm just like, all right, you know, I'm just going to move that over there. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to keep moving forward. And um, it's hard to try to get a connection. And, and granted, I think everything, nothing happens in one day. You know, you right. have to lay, you have to lay the bricks. And even when you're trying to help somebody, um, it takes time. You know, every, it really, it takes time. But I'm sitting here and I'm listening to what she has to say and her struggles and the things that that she focuses on and it, and it makes me sad because she is so young, so smart, has so much potential. Um, but she, um, she's really dwelling on things that, uh, are out of her control and it's hard to explain to a 12 year old or have that connection or, uh, to try to, you know, I want to get better at building the uh, tactics to be able to connect and, and show that, this world has infinite um, realities and possibilities. And that sometimes the vision that you see, you know, it can be changed. The perception can be changed or you can look at things in a way that kind of, uh, you can turn it maybe into a positive or you can re- redirect that energy that might be bogging you down because she's, she's told me she's depressed. Um, and this is, a, this is really common with a lot of kids at these age with uh, the, I, the smartphones and the, uh, the apps and they're just all sucked into these things and uh, all cyberbullying totally. and stuff. So, and so I'd like to, I'd like to get her, build her strength, you know? And so I want to get uh, emotional um, strength, right? Emotional spiritual strength. strength, spiritual strength. And, and, and one thing you were talking about intuition. Okay. 
And this girl has really strong intuition. I personally have strong intuition. My daughter has strong intuition. Um, and I consider it to be a superpower. Amen. And I, I explained that to her. I told her um, that intuition you have, it is, um, it is, uh, it's not a, uh, it's not a surface thing. It's not a, um, it's not an earthly power. That is a uh, cosmic power that you have and you need to trust it. Mm. And, um, and I'm trying to get that, you know, to tell a 12 year old that she's like, yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it, it's true. And, 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 and if you can trust that and, and hone that and, and, and build on it, then, uh, you know, it, it just helps. It's for the better. So it's, uh, it's, you know, long story short, you know, you know, these, these kids are the next generation and, uh, you know, I come to play and I want to help them. I want to, I want through my experiences. I want to try to get them to get that same Wolverine tenacity towards ah. the future, you know? So we'll so, see how we can do it. <laughs> absolutely. That, that's an honorable calling. Very honorable calling. Yeah, for sure. It's a desire, you know? But to your point, right? Intuition, right? I look at tuition as payment, right? Mm -hmm. You have tuition, you're paying tuition. And so intuition is your payments within. It's actually the thing we should be paying attention to. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, I, I believe that, you know, if, if we're limited to just five senses, if that's truly what a person believes is all that exists, um, just look at the, the light spectrum and see the chunk that is visible relative to all the waves that our current instrumentation is even able to detect or give us clues exist. Yeah. Does that mean that's all that exists? No, of course no. not. That's such an yeah. arrogant thought to say, oh, we can know everything, also right? Boring. Science is very boring. <laughs> very much. Yeah. Like to me, science is the revealing of what already is. Yes, and so there's absolutely. never a conflict with mm -hmm. spirituality or religion, right? Religion meaning habitual. So belief system, religion, those go hand in hand in, in my definitions. Mm -hmm. But yet, you know, a belief system uh, that, that you're talking about behind you, right? You mentioned this when we first got on, the bricks. I was like, what a beautiful metaphor, man. Lifestyle evolves. It's about the slight edge. It's not about that one grandiose moment it is about the little things heck yeah i like this simple disciplines into Very massive cool. success and happiness because when you look at anything that's a result and if it's devoid of the process then you don't understand the spiritual connection there so with the 12 year old that you're describing you know i mean i think we all can relate to varying degrees you know oh, cool. somebody's emotional bandwidth whatever the the lowest lows for them and the highest highs that's all that exists period for them in mm -hmm. my opinion because we're mm -hmm. all perceivers of our own reality therefore you might have something that's crazy and your bandwidth might be way out here right yep. but if i've got even this much bandwidth and i'm like oh i identify with a peak of happiness or a peak of struggle and challenge and depression and anxiety then i can relate with you all the way down here just as much as i can here yeah that's what i hear you looking for is how to build bridges with her in a way that 
really resonates because no one wants to be sold, right? right. No one wants to be pushed. No one wants to be shooted on, but everyone wants to come to their own intuitive understanding and like epiphanies. Don't they feel good when you just listen and you're like, oh my God, I've, why have I been so resistant? I'm now snapped into flow. I'm calibrated. And I think, use your language. And I think um, the easiest way to do it, you know, is going to be through action and, and, um, and experience, you know, and having, you know, her experience different things uh, that maybe shift the focus, you know, just, and just trying to keep it simple. Um, but that's going to take time. Yeah. Right. Well, the journey takes time, but the decision doesn't, right? The emotion is instant and infinite. Time is just the unfolding, right? The three-dimensional construct that we live in. But I mean, I, I don't even think time is a real thing, right? Just talk, yeah, think about a flow state. When you're in a snowboard and you're going 40 miles an hour down a hill and mm -hmm. you're going through trees, like time is not the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't even I don't even really like the word time, but, you know, we've grown up with it. So it's a good way to have an easy connection. Imagine not, imagine not growing up with the definition of time, not even talking about it at all. <laughs> you know, when it comes to education, right, and how to teach the next generation, um, including myself, right, because every time we teach, we get to learn twice. That seems like a foundational and fundamental chunk. Just remove the concept of time. Time scarcity, I think, causes so much anxiety. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't agree with you more there. I think, I think if you just take that away, um, you know, just to give you an example, before the pandemic, me and Robin both had full-time jobs, right? Mm -hmm. And so our, our uh, mornings would be wake up. Everybody needs to eat food as quick as possible because we all slept in too long. We, uh, you know, we got to get the kids here. She's got to get to work. I got to get to work. I, gotta, I have meetings to go to. And so who wants to wake up like that every day? Mm. I don't <laughs> definitely not, you know, it's, it's not fun. And now the difference is, is that it's more, you know, I leave when I need to and the kids and they can wake up, have breakfast, you know, enjoy, enjoy the morning and, you know, have more of a connection instead of being like, hurry up, go, 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 go. Uh, and so, you know, it's been for the better, this, this transition that we've made. But, can you speak to that? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that are uh, going through their own, you know, personal transformation as we all have since, you know, March-ish of 2020. Uh, currently, we're in March of 2021. So about the for last... Any of those from the future. What's that? <laughs> That's it for any of those people from the future. That's right. <laughs> um... So... When you when you think about that, how do you want to how do you want to connect and, and support people? Because like I imagine the amount of you've used the word, uh, you know, calibrate. I think it's a brilliant definition because you're just calibrating to what is. It's mm -hmm. it's instead of getting out here and saying it should be like this, it should be like that, or oh shit, I lost my job. Uh, you know, like that is such a prevalent reality for people right now. I believe at a large scale. I mean, what kind of advice do you have? Um what to just deal with our current situation? So what it really comes down to is teaching flow. Oh, okay. Well, man, how do you teach flow? Let's see. I, I guess you, you, you've got to, uh, you've got, you need to reflect. And first you reflect, 
and you need to recognize what is um, causing you to not flow. What is it? Because I, I have a buddy who once told me, if you think about something for three days, then you need to solve the problem of whatever you're thinking about. <laughs> oh, I love that. And, you know, this is a buddy of mine. He's awesome. Um, and when he told me that, it really stuck, you know, and that's, that's wisdom right there because it's like, if it's on your mind for, for three days, then you should focus on it. You should reflect on it. You should contemplate it. And you should, you should set up um, action plans to, to, A, understand why you're thinking about it, define that, and then, then you will conduct yourself how you want to, whatever that may be, after you have that definition. And, um, and then, I mean, ideally, you will then do something and then flow through it. You know, so you a framework, <laughs> a framework just came up for me as you're describing this. First, you must reflect, mm -hmm. right? Then you must resolve, resolve what the conflict is, right? In order to have an action plan. And then you must release yourself from the shoulds in your own mind to be able to take the next star, which we could go with run. There you go. And then if you happen to, after trying to release, if you come back to that, don't get upset or create anxiety because you have, just understand that it's going to take maybe multiple attempts or more, more um, experience and knowledge to get to the run, you know, to, to, yeah. get, to get past the release and into the run, you know, run or ready. Yeah. Right. Like, but it's, it's, it's about like, it's that forward momentum that I hear you describing so well. It's like, if you're looking at building that brick wall behind you and you know, you put up 10 of them and you're like, all right, I'm kind of tired, you know, <laughs> well, it's just going to stay a little tiny, you know, sliver, but it takes that, you know, the discipline as, as you called it earlier, like that's so fascinating because discipline I think is doing what you feel called to intuitively when your body, your mind, your emotions don't want to. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Cause your body, your, your body's going to, you know, it's going to do what it's going to do, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is spoken like a true champ. That going. is amazing. Like that's what somebody says when, you know, it's Usain Bolt that just, you know, wins the Olympics. And he's just like, oh, yeah, the body just does what it's going to do, right? <laughs> That's David Goggins when he's like, no, I just did 20,000 pull-ups today and an ultra marathon. And, <laughs> and, I, and I talked to you on the, on the phone the whole time. <laughs> right. And we're going. We're going. Yeah. That's the run. That's that fourth R. Yeah, absolutely. So reflect, resolve. You have, to, you have to calibrate, right? Reflect to understand. Resolve to calibrate what you need to do. Sometimes you don't need to do anything. Right. Absolutely. But it's releasing yeah. yourself mm -hmm. from the obligation, the should that somebody else, even it could just be your own mind that is planted. But realistically, it's not just our minds, right? Our minds are a collection of everything that we've experienced. I don't think we ever, you know, actually forget, even when somebody has Alzheimer's, I believe that the unconscious stores all right. Yeah. It's an infinite perspective of all, but it's like a filing cabinet, you know, how do you, how do you get it out? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like the Dewey Decimal System. It's like, well, I really want to learn from that book that I had, you know, from three years ago. 
okay, I got the file. Sweet. That's called memory. Right. <laughs> We're yeah. remembering. We're firing those neural nets together again. So when it comes to that action mode, when it comes to running, how do you help somebody that says, oh, well, I'm not disciplined. I don't have motivation. Right. I, I can't do that. Well, I mean, so then we just we just break it down into bite-sized pieces from there, you know. So clearly you don't understand what discipline is because discipline is easy. You know, you just have to have the make the decision to have discipline. So let's talk about what discipline is and then let's just develop an action plan, a very small one, nothing big, you know, to just create discipline, you know, and then then go from there. But if somebody's saying I don't have discipline, and they continue to say that, and that's their main reason why. It's not that they don't have discipline, it's that, that they don't want to, to exercise the disciplinary muscle, you know, more than anything. Because if you have, if you have a desire or if you understand discipline um, and you're patient, then discipline comes easy, you know. You, and, and a lot of that is you just do the, you do the work every day. And you don't beat yourself up about it, regardless of what you accomplished that day. You just know that you did something or you didn't do something, but you're going to do something tomorrow. You know, it's, it's, it, we can take this back to working out. Every, everything, I don't know. Working out is a real nice way to kind of to, to use examples because, you know, you, people get you, people do their New Year's resolutions. All right, I'm going to every day I'm going to do 20 pushups and then January 1st comes. They don't do any pushups. And then instead of just waking up and being like, OK, I'll do my pushups tomorrow. Um, so, you know, some people would say, like, okay, I'm just not going to do it or I'm beat myself up because I already, I already messed up my goal instead of just being like, okay, tomorrow I'll do it. You know, or maybe I, maybe since I, I didn't do 20, that was too much of a lofty goal. I'm going to start with five, you know? Oh, I forgot to do five. Start with one. Yeah. Start with one. Oh, I forgot to do one. Set an alarm. Okay. <laughs> Dude, in 24 hour fitness. I remember back in high school being able to do 25 full arm pull-ups back to back. And when you told me, all right, dude, come up here and do some pull-ups. I literally could not do one. And I was like terrified. I was the color of your shirt. I was so, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, what, what has happened to me? How could I possibly let this happen? And you were just like, Oh, it's all good, man. Just go up as high as you can and just do these little baby things. Mm. And so literally I did this. Nope. Like it's vivid in my mind right now, man. That's how impactful it was emotionally. Cause I had, I had reached a point where I'm like, how could I have let this happen? And so that was the judgment. Right. And so yep. I had to reflect to understand that I was judging myself because I had a habit historically that developed a certain result and I was not tending to that habit. I had replaced it with other habits. Mm -hmm. So then the resolve was, Oh, I don't have to even do one. I can just attempt the motion. And that's kind of cool. And then I started to lift myself up a little more. I mean, within days, I was back up to doing 10 pull-ups, yeah. right? Because you created, yeah. well, because you created a simple action plan. You didn't beat me up. You were just smiling like, who cares, man? Let's, yeah. That's the whole point. We're all starting from right now, right here, every time. Amen, dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, if we, you know, we just all do that and we'll flow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you're such a great teacher. Thank you.
I appreciate that. My, my wife would say opposite, but you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll remind Robin every once in a while. <laughs> there you go. No, it's, it's amazing though, because as you were describing the discipline and like the can't thinking and all that, the irony about it is, you know, think about the, the yin and the yang symbol or any, you know, wave, a waveform mm -hmm. has the center and it has a peak and it has a valley and it always comes back. Right. Yeah. Yep. And so if somebody's just saying, oh, I can't, they're just, they're doing the same belief process. They're just believing that they can't down here instead of believing that they can up here, which is the equal opposite. It's not any harder right? Mm -hmm. It's just a choice of saying, which side am I going to focus on of Absolutely. this element? Yep. And I was, um, you know, I was talking to uh, this 12 year old and I'm trying to explain to her, I'm like, you know, what you have told me, I see opportunity, you know, and she's just like, huh? And I'm like, yeah, you need to soak up that negative and shoot that into a positive, you know, shoot out those rainbows, you know, take that energy <laughs> and shoot it out. And then she kind of laughed and, you know, but it, I'm gonna keep chipping away at it, you know, see where it goes. But that was the thing, man, you found joy and optimism because again, you identify in yourself being in that exact same state. And it's like, all right, well, what works with me? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I want to feel good. Number one, we take actions when we feel good. It's like blame and doubt and frustration all those things they're so low you know david hawkins work power versus force no i haven't heard of david hawkins oh man so he studied kinesiology he actually had oh. um like physical strength of muscles based on the energy and so mm -hmm. power versus forces 10th book um his 11th book is called letting go it's a yellow book it is absolutely spectacular consolidation of, of everything that he learned. It's a very spiritual book. And he, cool. he creates in power versus force, this distinction of like, he actually puts numbers to each of these energy states. And so for example, um, courage is the breaking point that's at 200, but below that you've actually got like anger. Right. And then below, below courage. Yeah. And so now we're on the negative side. This is all force. So again, you were just thinking about mm -hmm. flow, right? Well, we have to be empowered. We have to have the power within in order to be in flow, right? Which really is alignment. It's calibration to whatever it is that's being, you know, called to us, our intuition, which is always there, whether we've tuned in and listen or not. This is just my experience, of course, but that's the distinction is if, if we're on point or not. So with power versus force, it's like, okay, what's lower than anger is actually apathy. It's, it's like, okay, wait, anger is actually higher up on the scale. I was like, how is that even possible? Because well, anger is action-based. Yeah. You are, you are speaking to me with this um, because I was motivated by anger in my life and um, during college in the end of my high school years. And I was, I was right before you said action base, I was thinking, well, apathy doesn't result in actions. Apathy typically doesn't give you any actions, but anger, you can still, you can have actions from anger, you know? Um, and I produced a lot of positive things from anger. <laughs> yes, sir. <Yeah. laughs> how, how did you, because you have to transmute it, right? We have to take it. If, if we believe that everything is energy, it's all waveform, then 
it doesn't matter what's currently happening. We choose the frequency yeah. that we want to vibrate on. Right. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> when you're choosing and you're aware of this, right, that's going back to the reflection is, is most importantly to become aware. We want to just be aware of whatever the triggers are, whatever the patterns are that set us into a loop set us into a spiral of disempowering thoughts and beliefs. Because if you're down in apathy, it's not just that, you know, it's not like I don't care about myself. It's also that no one cares about me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. But mm -hmm. courage is the breaking point because, you know, oh, I, I just read Dan Sullivan has the best definition of this, uh, the strategic coach founder. Um, he says, uh, fear is peeing your pants. Courage is doing what you got to do with wet pants. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so courage is the breaking point. Then everything from there is like joy, love, happiness, right? It's all those expansive feelings where it's all about abundance. It's all natural. It's all flow based. And so that's the whole idea is that when we live in those force energies, we're not being receptive because we're living in fear. That's why courage is the breaking point because we say, oh, I see the fear, but I don't, I don't care about the fear more than I care about being happy, enjoying life, finding things to be joyful about and positive into the future and then in the present. Yeah, and that's powerful. And that, uh, that, you know, that takes strength. And I mean, if you can, if you can um, get to a point where you understand that, that you're an immovable object. You know what I'm saying? That's like having, that's like being in the sand and the, and the wave comes in and crashes and you're still there. <laughs> you mm. know? So if you had to use the belt analogy, right? Mm -hmm. Where would you say that you rank right now as far as being able to be an immovable object of whatever's happening externally? Uh -huh. right well, in the midst oh. of storms i find peace within how how would you rate yourself currently on that process at scale what's above courage oh anything that's a positive word so like anything up here right think positively learn actively play more be yourself smile always you know love passionately live freely work hard shine bright dream big, relax often, enjoy. It's all just positive emotions. So love, it's like, all of you know, that. yeah, yeah. And at the peak, it's called enlightenment because your light is coming from within, right? You're yeah, enlightened. Yeah. And so you don't care what's happening around you. You're not influenced mm -hmm. by it. So we've all been at that enlightened state of, you know, nirvana, however you want to define it doesn't really matter, but we've all experienced that. It's just, okay, how, how often do we hold that higher frequency? That's like, it does not matter at all what's happening. I can stay cool, calm, collected, loving, supportive, yeah. compassionate. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm to the point right now where, uh, you know, I feel very much just straight, you know, it's, uh, I, um, you know, there's obviously I have kids, so I'm still, <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning how to navigate that. But, uh, you know, for the most part, man, it's, uh, it's, it is cool, calm and collected and it's, and it's focused and it's, uh, it's bright and, and it feels good to be in that state, especially 
with all the external factors that we have to deal with on a daily basis, you know, um, I'm not one to get triggered. I, I read Dr. Seuss to my kids last night. <laughs> what does Dr. Seuss's great wisdom have to say about triggers? Oh, nothing. I was, just, he's a, uh, we're just reading the, the apples. I, I, I don't even know what's going on in the mainstream media right now, but apparently Dr. Seuss is getting canceled. Um, no, why? Yeah, man, I, it's just like racism something to do with racism I, have, I haven't even looked it up i haven't had time but it was um i saw my buddy you know i popped up on facebook for like five minutes the other night and i was talking to my buddy on the phone and i saw a bunch of stuff about dr seuss so i asked him and he told me that um yeah he's on the outs dr seuss gotta go but <laughs> but i was uh last night i was reading it to my kids and i thought it was so funny because as i'm reading it to my kids my five-year-old who were you know my wife is doing a great job teaching how to read right now She's Shout out reading. to Robin. What? What? Miss Rizzle. Miss Rizzle. Instagram coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, my daughter's reading the book, and at the same time, she's teaching because it was the apple one. It was like one, two, three apple. They bounced it on their heads. It's like ten apples at the end of the of the book. But she's also teaching my two year old how to count while we're reading it, and I'm just like, this book is awesome. And, you know, I'm sitting here and we're all counting and interacting and we're, we're counting it in Spanish, you know, and I'm just like, what is wrong with Dr. Seuss, dude? <laughs> you know? So, yeah, you know, it is what it is, but we enjoy well, it. But that's exactly to your point, right? When you're in that higher frequency, when you're experiencing love and gratitude, appreciation, right? It doesn't matter what the outside world is saying. Oh, Dr. Seuss is bad. Okay. That's a should, right? Because right. when we really back up, we're going to look at our own lives, if we're honest, and we're going to see so many different things that we did that were hurtful, right? And they, there's new definitions of what is supposed to be okay and what is not. I was just having a conversation last night, actually, with Juan about this, and he was mentioning that the X-Men were actually a political statement. They were mutants, right? They were born that way. And so it was an anti-racist approach that was like a Trojan horse to get mm -hmm. in because mm -hmm. they're all just these awesome people, right. right? They have souls. And so it was like same time as Martin Luther King and everything that was happening. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, this is an incredibly empowering meaning, but sometimes we don't even know that message. I didn't ever know that, right? Yeah. It makes sense in hindsight, so, but yeah. That was the intention that Stanley and Jack Kirby had when they co-created X-Men back then. Mm -hmm. Like, that's incredible. And so to judge somebody based on those standards, like think about our elders, right? Think about people that are in their 70s, 80s, like 90s, sometimes even hundreds nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many things that were, quote, okay back then that are so far from okay now. Yeah. And yet- some of them haven't made the leap. They haven't made the connection, whether it's a choice of being resistive and, and just saying, oh, no, 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 this is, this is how it is. Like, this is how I grew up, therefore, right? And so that's where I think things get clumps like racism and sexism and whatever isms that you want, homophobes, right? Things mm -hmm. of that nature. Mm -hmm. it, it all comes from like, well, I grew up this way. It's all past-based. And so I, I, get, I get like conflicted about, why people want to tear down so much right now. It's like, okay, there's a big megaphone. But to your point, Dr. Seuss, who knows what his intentions are? I mean, I, I heard that Martin Luther King was abusive, 
to yes. you know women around him in particular and it's like mm -hmm. okay well that's because we're all actually humans here and so if you're just gonna say that the message doesn't matter it's the messenger that's being judged yeah. then i think it's missing the point yeah because you, you don't know what's going i mean same thing with gandhi you know and there was uh um you don't know what's going on in their personal lives but and also their 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 stories get um kind of fantasized um you know to a degree that we don't understand that we don't understand you know so that's all a lot of that is uh just the his story you know based off of whoever was doing the writings you know his or her story history, I, history yes yeah yep totally yeah. Dude, I got an idea for shirts. Why don't we do ones that pull it apart? It says his and then in parentheses below her hyphen story big. And then below it says, I'm the author. Nice. Let's get those in print. <laughs> okay, done. Roots Check it out. Yeah, yeah dude, put, everybody sells shirts underneath the, uh, the banner. I always see them when I'm looking at YouTube channels and stuff. You know? Amen. Yeah. I don't know if I can just get rid of the sound. Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you now. Okay. For a second. I have uh, with uh, with my baby. I, I have the text message setting and phone calls to where it doesn't matter. If even if do not disturbs on, it makes noise. Oh, nice. Right. And so, I don't know what she's doing. I haven't checked the messages, but like. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm getting them. That's why you're hearing them. <laughs> oh, I, I can't hear it at all. So it's all good. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. That's the nice thing about uh, these kind of mics, you know, is they're directional. And so you can actually flip it to be omnidirectional. So it can be all around us. Very cool. I got to get myself a little set up. Oh my goodness. You heard that one too? I can hear that Technology. one. Yeah. Is this so? Uh, go ahead, man. No, you can go for it. Oh, I was just going to ask you about Texas. You guys still uh, frozen, no water and all that, or do you see sunshine now? No, it's like seventy three. So it's all it's all gone. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it got everything, down to one degree though. Yeah, I mean more or less. Um, the way that the electricity grid or the energy system is set up here in Texas, to my understanding, it's like ergot is what they call it or something like that. Uh, it's actually distributed or it's uh, decentralized, so multiple companies compete for your like your energy business, okay. right? And so they all have the same pipelines and infrastructure. It's so it's deregulated. Okay. But then the thing is, it's all controlled by the state, the oh. infrastructure is. And yeah. so what happened when the one degrees came through, it froze the natural gas baffles. And so these things couldn't actually open and close the way they're supposed to. And so that was one of the core reasons why there were so many power outages, because obviously people are running their, their gas, right, their heaters like crazy in this kind of an environment. And then this was just a simple decision that was made whenever that infrastructure project was done. And in hindsight, it's like, okay, there was, there was just this little extra thing that needed to be done so that the baffles could work. And they were just like, it's Texas. That's my assumption, at least. Texas is warm. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> right. And then this crazy storm happens. And we've got, you know, four inches of snow outside, which down here is, it's crazy. Yeah, that. 
And then you have floods. Cause I know Texas, Texas has big floodplains, don't they? Well, it's just, it's basically flat. It's just not yeah. much, you know, undulation to the land, but you know, Elon's down here in Austin with text, you know, with uh, the, the new Gigafactory and then also with SpaceX. And so, uh, you know, what we're, <laughs> what we're experiencing now is the battery system that's going to be backup for the entire grid, um, at least in that region or that pocket. Um, cool. So we'll, we'll see. That's, that's the whole bigger. I mean, I'm, um, I'm trying to understand more about this decentralized um, energy certificate um, plan that they have with energy web token. And there's a ton of um, um, partnerships that are a lot of oil companies and Tesla and Elon Musk, they're all connected to this thing. Don't ask me any more about it because I'm still learning, but uh, it's, um, it's pretty You're mega. humble. <laughs> so yeah, the whole, um, the whole concept, as I understand it, is just like how there's autopilot for cars that's allowing the cars to further and further drive themselves to where ultimately and very soon they will be driving themselves without any sort of supervision along the way at a high degree of safety, like 10 to 100x our current safety standards. A Tesla is already nine times safer than the average automobile because of the active autopilot features that don't cost any extra. It's yeah, all wait. built in. I already, I already tell people that their kids, like my kids aren't going to have even have a driver's license. They won't even have the opportunity to have a driver's license. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I, I mean, there's saw, a, I there's know. a million car accidents a year, like, or a million deaths. It's something crazy like that. It's insane. I am on the road so much and I cannot wait for the day that my main source of transportation is going to be a bicycle. I'm, I, I can't wait. <laughs> That's my retirement vehicle. <laughs> a bicycle? Yeah. I mean, that seems fun for your exercise, but like, where's utility? How do you put your oh, kids bro, in your bicycle? Bro, I'm, I'm going to have a Tesla truck for sure, but I'm not going to be using it every day. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you could get into a Model Y right now and it fit your whole family. And, you know, they're incredible vehicles. Is that the one with the suicide doors? No, that's a Model X. That's going to cost about double. What is that? How much does that cost? Uh, they started... I think 90 grand now. Okay. Yeah. My, uh, our grandma from another mother, she has one. Makina loves pressing those, uh, those suicide doors. Up. Falcon uh -huh. wings because suicide doors, uh, they just open up. Right. Like, so yeah, like the Rolls Royce and the Bentleys and stuff, they open up like that. Cause you could dump the bodies out. That's where the, the whole like suicide <laughs> or tuck and roll. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where it comes from. As far as I understand um, but the Falcon wing door is unique because it's not a fixed thing. Like a, a Lamborghini. Remember they had the scissor doors. They go right up. Mm -hmm. uh, the DeLorean, it had the wings, which were dope, but they were fixed. And so what the Falcon wing does is it gives a hinge here. And so your doors like this and say, here's your, you know, object around it, it as sensors all in it so that it can creep up. Like that, like within inches of different objects, garages, whatever. I noticed that. That's yeah. I never thought about it, but uh, I noticed that because when she presses that that button, it always looks like it's gonna hit her in the face, and then it doesn't. You know? Elon calls it the Fabergé egg of automobiles. He says there will never, 
be a model X again. He's like, this was the most insane thing to actually get into production to do the Falcon wing doors. Hey, it's all cool. I can't wait to not have to drive anymore. I'm going to be, and then I'm going to read a book while I head to wherever I'm going. I mean, the reality is very, very, very near. The public beta that's happening right now for full self-driving, like literally unassisted, you still have to be legally the driver and be, you know, like In observant. Yeah. yeah, but like they, they're they doing uh, sometimes two times a week software updates and then they're training their neural nets so that it's actually doing a 360 degree bird's eye perspective based on all the eight cameras. So the three that are forward facing, narrow, regular, and then wide. And then you've got your sides and then your side backs and you've got your rear. And so what they had with the first generation and why it was so hard, Elon was like, we're gonna make self-driving a reality and end of 2017, remember that? Mm -hmm. Well, that first platform was full of so many if this, then that kind of statements. It wasn't driven by intelligence of gathering the data because each of them were unique camera feeds. They weren't full resolution. They were coming in black and white and they could only handle a certain amount of frames. So it was, I believe like 10 frames at a time initially. And so just when they activated all eight cameras was this huge milestone. And so simultaneously they've been building version 2.0 of the software. And so the software stack still has that base layer with if then, then that kind of state and kind of like, you know, with a computer, you have a BIOS and you have like firmware and then you have hardware. Mm -hmm. So in this environment, the, the firmware is like that, that soft stack. But then the second layer is just growing more and more and more. It probably won't evolve over the entire first generation stack completely because there's still use cases where the first gen stack is actually very helpful. But what it means is that all of the million plus vehicles that are on the road right now have been feeding the data centers, right? That Tesla mm -hmm. has. And now they've rolled out the software that stitches in real time, all eight cameras together. And they call it fourth dimensional because it actually factors in time. So everything's based on predictive modeling, right? Because if a person's walking, a ball shoots out in front of you, a cat's running across the street, a biker just cuts out, right? It, you have to predict the movement and the motion. And so mm -hmm. this is literally what's happening right now to where the cars are, are running immaculately well. They're able to go to a stoplight, pull up in the left-hand lane, and then make a left-hand unassisted turn. This was about two months ago that that rolled out. Waymo still can't do that with all this headgear, the LiDAR, and all that crap that they've got because they've got a walled garden with maps that are pre-done. And so it's like saying, hey, I'm, I'm at the bowling alley, and you know I'd like a strike. How about I get a strike? Can we put up these bumpers real quick? <laughs> The Tesla model is that everything is treated as new. Every single time it's a new scenario. So of course it has all the other data, they've got maps, but what they're doing in place of LIDAR, which is an amazing technology using laser to measure distance, unless there's an obstacle like rain, well, that reflects the light, right? It refracts it, uh, mm -hmm. fog, snow. So any conditions, take it out, it's eliminated. It's just totally unfunctional. 
right? Okay. And so what they've done is they've taken the cameras and now on a pixel by pixel level, they're able to measure distance. And because of the AI, because of the learning and the neural nets, they're closing the gap of accuracy with LiDAR without even using LiDAR. Wow. Very cool. In all conditions. When are they going to start making military robots? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's, that's not a part of Elon's goals, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that technology could transfer easily. I mean, talk about predictive movements. Back to life, back to reality. <laughs> Dude, I was just telling Promise that this is literally my favorite interview I've ever done. Oh, really? Yes. This nice. is so good. We've been, you know, pre-gaming this for... <laughs> Actually, I know um, many years. I meant to ask you because I want to. Um, we've had so many conversations, and you recorded a lot of them. So, if you have all that information, I want to get those and listen to them at some point in my next retirement, if that happens, when that happens. Because uh, I want to remember those conversations. Dude, there's you know there's, there's some absolute gems. There's some absolute gems. But the kicker there that I've noticed is unless I dump it into Otter, and mm -hmm. does the transcription, our transcription service, uh, then it makes things searchable. So I can search by you, right? Because it identifies you as a speaker. Yeah. And then also by context. And so what I found is, you know, when you have, you know, the immersion reading philosophy, right? Like when you have audio and you have the text, mm -hmm. so you have a physical book, you're listening to it or you're on your Kindle and you're listening to it while you're reading it and you're marking it up that immersion is so incredibly like our, our brains, the way we respond to that is so spongy. And so that's what I found is with the content, I won't listen to it in isolation outside because I mean, I, I just produce a lot of content. Right. And so it's yeah. harder to find like what's actually worth it to go back to. But the other part is that we can I take mean, those a lot too. So you know, but we can take all those and I can dump them in Otter or give them to you. You could dump them in Otter and you'll actually be able to create like a table of contents and like understand, you know, word clouds for each of the recordings. That's pretty Topics. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I'd like amazing? to just know how many um, hours of conversation are there. I mean, it can't be more than 20, right? 20, 30 hours. I, I doubt it's even 10. Yeah, I, I recorded a bad. lot of like five to 30 minute you know, kind of interactions. But again, it's because flow. That's the whole thesis here, man. It's because when you were in flow, when I'm in flow, when whoever we were hanging with was in flow, I was like, beep, capture. Right. Right. But if you interrupt the flow, the fear, the mind gets in, it's hard. Yeah. And so that's why I've switched to being like, well, let's just hop on Zoom and Zoom automatically records, right? Mm -hmm. automatically transcribes thanks to otter and that integration which i can teach and help people with if they're interested yeah um, i want to get all my stuff set up so i can start putting things on youtube and uh just get this thing get this thing flowing man we got to get it flowing we got to get it flowing dude lifestyle evolved has been uh you know it's been log jam for so long there's this huge reserve that oh, lives yeah. behind this you know incredible <laughs> backlog open that vent up and just <laughs> yes sir yeah this is fantastic man thank you so much yeah of course we'll do it uh, again and again and again oh and yeah again. oh yeah oh yeah so is there anything that uh that you'd like to say to the listener and 
you know, in hindsight or in retrospect or what you'd like to, you know, somebody to take away from this conversation if they haven't already taken away something? Well, I mean, this was just kind of like a freestyle, freestyle talk, but uh, I would say um, to summarize what we kind of talked about here is that, uh, you know, we, we kind of we focused a little bit on flow and flow comes from discipline. So if you're having trouble flowing, start with discipline. And then what kind of discipline? Uh, just slow and steady steps to where you, to anything you're trying to accomplish. Because I think if you're here and you're listening to Roots to the Fruits or Lifestyle Evolved, you want you want to accomplish. And um, and the first step to trying to accomplish is starting with the baby steps. And if you don't know what those baby steps are, sit down and reflect. What was it? What, was it? what were the R's? Reflect. <laughs> reflect. Yep. <laughs> yep so then you can learn what it is so that you can uh resolve whatever the issue is whatever the block is the log jam that's happening that's keeping the river from flowing or keeping you from accessing the river and then there's release you got to emotionally release yourself from any preconceived notions the shoulds that have been put upon you by other people and put upon yourself right that we all plant inside of ourselves and then we get to run. It flows. Run. Let's, call, let's call this episode the four R's. Is that going to hook people? <laughs> <laughs> Tune in for the four R's. <laughs> what do you yeah, I think it? this is this is flow state. And um, uh, life is flow. Get unblocked. There you go. Like four R's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everything is flow. Like the only, there's no such thing as as non-flow. Like if if we perceive our eyes as the video cameras of our movie that we're living, then there's just one thing in the frame at any given point, period. And so just like how with social media, people have, you know, others that follow them around in the third person and whatnot, or they do it with themselves and right. Yeah, all this shizzle, which is um, talent, man. I'm impressed with somehow these people can just hop on real quick, knock their stuff out and then go about it. You know, teamwork. Yeah. I, you know, I remember when I first started seeing like all these uh, social media people in Portland and they had a team behind them. You know, mm-hmm. they had umbrella with the lights and this and that. I'm like, what are these guys doing? <laughs> now I'm like, where's my team? <laughs> <laughs> We're creating it right now, dude. Zoom's on our team. Otter's on our team, right? I'm on our team. Mm-hmm. Are you? We got to introduce the quantum. Get them in here. Quantum Collective. It's coming up next. Oh, we should just try and call them right now. I'm sure they're not doing anything. <laughs> that's fantastic all right well then let's cap this one right here sound good how do people get in touch with you uh you can reach me at uh lifestyle evolved on youtube or you can hit me on twitter at lifestyle evolve no e at the end one and you'll see me as tum tum the wolverine okay is there an easier method that we could use that people (laughs) might even be able to remember do we have Uh, a website no no website do you yet. have the domain? Uh, I do, but it's not up. Um, What's the stay, domain? Stay tuned. It's lifestyleevolved.com. Oh, you own lifestyleevolved.com? Mm-hmm. 
Perfect. And, and okay. eventually, eventually it'll be lifestyleevolve.crypto once I get all that set up. So uh, if you'd like to send a token of gratitude to Elston, AKA TumTum, uh, you can use the, the receiving wallet of lifestyleevolve.crypto. And what, what could somebody send to you at that wallet address? Um, Bitcoin or Ethereum. And you know that those-, those Bitcoin are, or Ethereum. You know you, those domain names are also going to be, that's going to be your website. Um, it's not only going to be a wallet address. It'll be a website that you could, people can just type in and go to your content. Okay, that's so another, that's another episode, though. That's coming <laughs> up next. There is such a backlog of content; it's yeah. ridiculous. Well, unstoppable domains. The promo code is below, or the link is below for you. Uh, it will be an affiliate link if they offer one. So we would receive a small proceed from you taking that action. It would be super appreciated if you do to just show love and support for the show, Elston. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate knowing you. You're an incredible soul. Uh, I, I have become more fit, both emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually because of your influence in my life. And I've thought about things. You, my homie. Yes, yes. Thought about things on such a deeper level. And so if, uh, if lifestyle evolved has always been the thing, then you must have been one of the core inspirations for Roots to the Fruits because it's basically a parallel. Amen. Let's keep growing. Awesome. Yeah, thanks All for right. having me on the show. Thank you, brother. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right, later.